You're listening to About My Father's Business, presented by Iron Wifey. Without further ado, here's your host, the Iron Wifey herself, Michaela. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of About My Father's Business, the podcast presented by Iron Wifey. Now, today's guests are two amazing and humble souls that hail from the Midwest. Yes, my old stomping grounds. Um, they are from Beaver Creek, Ohio, and they not only are the young adult pastors at the Lifehouse Church in Beaver Creek, but they also have their own podcast called Hack Your Lack, where they're teaching us how to replace our weaknesses with God's strength. And they own their own coffee company called Kinds Coffee, which is absolutely amazing. And so I really want to encourage you guys throughout this episode to sit back. They have an amazing love story that they're going to share with us, um, as well as just they drop the mic, y'all. They drop the mic to, to the teeth. They drop the mic. And so there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of words of encouragement, and a lot that goes on when it comes to running all these businesses managing your marriage, and also just doing what it is that the Lord has told you to do. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, grab your coffee. Yes, grab your coffee and sit back and tune in as I introduce to you all, Isaiah and Becca Roebuck. Isaiah and Beck, welcome to the show. Whoa. Thank you for having us. Okay, we're so excited. This I so am cool. so excited to have you guys. And honestly, like, I feel like such an Insta stalker because yeah. we're going to things that kind of date back to like when you first started Instagram. So please excuse me if I'm just prying into your lives, okay? How far back though? Are we talking 2015? Are we talking, you know? I when- mean, well, Beck's Instagram goes back to 2015 oh, and yours like- goes back a little bit longer. <laughs> In your defense though, I've deleted like a lot of posts. So it doesn't, it's easy to get to the beginning of what I have on there. Like For it sure. doesn't take. All right, cool. Well, like I said, like at least I get answers to my stalking. So I appreciate you guys for this time. That's right. Uh, but we're just going to jump right in. First question What does it mean to you guys individually, actually, to be about your father's business? Let's go. I'll start it off. I think for both Beck and I, um, we had grown up together. And I don't know if we'll talk about that more a little later. If you're we stopping. will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> but, um, but man, we grew up, and I think that we both had separate intentions. And uh, Beck was more about the father's business, where I was a little more confused about business in general. And okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to learn how to, man, build a business up from an early age. So I had grown up with my dad busy as a bee killing it in business he had upwards of 100 rental properties growing up oh wow Uh, he had a really really large garage building business and he was always he was always also too just in random side hustles so he had this uh i laugh at it now i'm not going to name the the name of the company but it was a pyramid scheme but my dad was so my dad was such an entrepreneur he killed it and i think i could be wrong on this but i think to this day so it ended up like they all do you know but it ended <laughs> upwards of probably I'd say 10 years ago and to this day I think he still gets a lot of free stuff and when I say a lot of free stuff I mean a lot of money's worth of product from this because he just killed it and is still benefiting from it and he he was just he had his hands in a lot of things so from an early age I just I think I I respected it uh I think I admired it Michaela, to be honest with you, and I was just like, that's what I want to do. Uh, and I think if I can speak a little more candidly, I thought that's what a man looks like. You know, a man is somebody who is just grinding 70 hours a week and is just um, firing on all cylinders at all times. So I grew up with that perception of what, I, in my eyes, what business looked like. So I continued down that path and I went down the wrong path. However, as I've grown up, I've learned that being about the father's business is making sure that in everything you do, in business or in your life, you're giving God the glory. Amen. Yeah, I guess I'll answer for me. And since I was like later in high school, I pretty much always had the idea of what I wanted to do for like more of a career would be ministry oriented. Okay. But something I've learned along the lines is just because it ministry oriented or you're uh 
your goals or your the things you're doing are about ministry doesn't mean it's about the father's business and so whether or not you're in ministry or you are just you know a, working a regular job your student what like whatever you're doing in life yeah. being about the father's business is something i think we decide to do daily you know like the bible says pick mm. up your cross daily and i think yeah. it's it's consistently you know like even following along the lines of like the Lord's prayer and inviting God's will and the, his kingdom into our lives every day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so I want to, I want to dive into each of your spiritual journeys and I want to know Isaiah and Beck, when were you first introduced to Jesus Christ? Probably about the same time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At birth. At birth. It's not accepted Jesus in our lives out, you know, uh, from day one. Yeah, but honestly, that's that's pretty much how it went. So Beck and I both grew up, she grew up in a really small town, and I grew up in a little bit of a bigger town. You're from Ohio. Have you ever heard of Lima, Michaela? I have heard of Lima. You know, Lima? Nice. Yeah. That's, cool. that's where I'm from. And uh, I was going to say home of the, but I don't know what it's home of. Cupy. Cupy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's the staple of Lima. But uh, I grew up there. She grew up about 30 minutes south. And uh, we went to church together from the jump. So I, okay. I was born into that church. She was born into that church. And we grew up. So um, for both of us, I mean, it, it's, it's easy to say that we were always Christians almost in a way because our parents kind of put us into that, um, into that church from an early age. And we did find a love for Jesus so early on. But I think everybody can relate to this. We all find ourselves in a position to where we are learning about Jesus for ourselves, opposed to just yeah. being under our parents and going to church because we're supposed to, you know, or we have to. And so for me, honestly, Michaela, I was probably around 13 when I really um, figured out what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. And mm-hmm. I remember there was one Sunday, I think about it often, there was one Sunday I was with my cousin and they had an altar call. And at the time being 13, to be transparent, I was kind of wild at 13. I, I was I was awkward, but at the same sense, I was also uh, a heathen. I was like, I, <laughs> so, so yeah, it doesn't mix well. I feel like if you're a heathen, you can't be really awkward, but uh, I was an awkward heathen, and I was always trying to impress people. So my, my cousin was older than me, and I was always trying to uh, impress him by any means necessary, whether it was, you know, anything. I won't go into it, but it's just a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I was really trying to impress him and other people. And it was the moment where I finally decided, you know what, I'm not going to just be in this church because my parents go here, but I'm going to make the decision. And he was standing right beside me. And I remember I walked down and it was the hardest walk because I was like, he knows I'm going down here. <laughs> but it was the moment to where I decided, you know, I'm going to make um, my relationship with Jesus serious and I'm going to get about it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it started for me. Yeah, I think for me, I pretty much my whole life I would have said that I believed in God and said right. I was a Christian but probably when I was oh I think it was like this summer before my senior year of high school around there was when I kind of realized um, that I needed to be serious about it yeah. and I think like as I kind of mentioned earlier if you grow up in church like everybody comes to a point where either you decide you believe this for yourself or you don't because it you know I had to eventually get to a point where it wasn't I wasn't really like a young kid and my parents beliefs and I was just like living in their world that like I believe this too and I had to be serious about it so yeah I love it amen now it's so funny Isaiah that it was around age 13 where you really decided to dedicate your life to Christ because I've seen a common theme in every interview that I do and it's around that age, 13, 12, 13, 14, or 15, where wow. like we tend to like really decide like, okay, Jesus is somebody that I really want to follow. Right. And the whole reasoning behind this podcast to be, is to be about the Father's business. And in the Bible, in Luke, it talks about Jesus being about the Father's business at age 12, 13, when he was in the temple. And he's like, uh, you know, his parents are like, where'd you find me? Or where where, where you been? And he's like, didn't you know I was in the temple being about my father's business? Like, so I just think it's like so awesome how like literally every interview, there's been a common theme where people are like, yeah, it's around this time. Like when I got out of my twelves and into my teens where I really decided to like be all in for Christ. 
isn't that funny? Yeah, I think I can look back in that time frame to where you're going to church when you're, I don't, I don't know, six, seven, eight, and you just don't understand. I feel like you, you understand on a surface level, but you just, I don't know, you're, it's hard for your mind to comprehend those kind of things. And I feel like by the time you're 13, you kind of understand a little bit more about even sin, you know, and, and, yeah. and um, yeah, everything in regards to your relationship with God. So I feel like, yeah, that was the time to where I had to decide because I knew I was all about the peer pressure. And I was like, well, if I don't get ahead of this quick, it's probably going to get ahead of me. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah that's crazy. I think that, that's, uh, that's no coincidence, but I think that it's special when you can look back on those times and just see Jesus working on your life um, and kind of putting those things into your spirit even when you are heavily influenced by your cousin, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I understand. And speaking of influence, who would you all say has played a huge spiritual or had a huge spiritual impact or influence in your lives? Wow, that's a great question. I'll kick this one off. So there is a man by the name of Kylan Boozer from that church. And Beck and I had actually attended that church for the first we went there up until last year. So we were at that church, you know, and so I was 25, she was 26. And, um, and he was the one person that felt like just growing up, he was our youth pastor. So it's about okay. seventh grade, funny about that same time frame is when I switched to his class. And I just felt like there was a authenticity about him and a transparency that was just special. And it really mm-hmm. resonated with me. Um, and that's what I wanted, you know, because I knew that the world was enticing because of that authenticity. You know, we all know and have felt that before. Um, so it was really cool to see that that could be on the other side as well and to see that you can glorify God in your authenticity and be a real person. You know what I mean? Not a fake yeah. person. You can be a real person, but still be about the father's business, you know? And yeah. so, so, yeah, that was, that was the one person growing up that I just always looked up to. And to this day, to be transparent with you, I look up to him in a big way. He's got a book, if I can plug it, you know, that, that, that I think it's on Amazon. Shameless plug, go ahead. <laughs> but it's called In the Trenches. And, uh, and he's just great. He's a great leader when it comes to just volunteering. He's got a lot of wisdom about that field. And uh, that's somebody that has, I feel like. He's a great leader of leaders. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like he shaped the person I am today, honestly. Nice. Yeah. I got you back. I would say um, growing up the exact same because, you know, he was our youth pastor from seventh grade until we graduated yeah. high school. And then even um, after high school, I was pretty involved at that church and, you know, doing internships and things. And so I would definitely say, like, I know there's a lot that I've learned about ministry um, yeah. and just, you know, even I feel like he, for both of us, helped really steer us as teens you know when we were in his youth ministry and um so I would say absolutely Kylan and then Pastor Kylan and then um I'd say my adult years his mom honestly has (laughs) a good influence for sure she's gonna like that answer (laughs) she scored so many points with (laughs) mother-in-law you know I'll say this quick sidebar here but my mom she listens to our podcast all the time and she said something the other day she's like yeah I listened to it twice and I was like oh cool you listened to two episodes and she's like no I listened to the same episode twice and I'm like mom but she is (laughs) number one fan number one fan yeah so I love it now I am so curious because you guys have like a really cute love story you've known each other all the time (laughs) I mean you literally just dropped like a 10 point like you scored a 10 right now with mother-in-law so shout out to mother-in-law if you're watching this right now Beck truly loves you and like yes you got a good daughter-in-law um but you guys have a really cute love story and I saw a post on Instagram back in the day where I we're gonna go there but Isaiah was like hey I got out of the friend zone to the end zone you scored with Beck I'm so curious how you went from friend zone to the end zone I feel like I should answer that because I was you know you can give your side of the story but let's be honest there's two sides of every story you know okay that's why I feel like friend zone is such a bad term or maybe it shouldn't be looked at as bad because his yeah. friendship mm-hmm. is what made me fall for him 
That's, Ooh, it's that's funny helpful. though. You know what's funny about that, Michaela? Is that's the girl answer. It's the <laughs> truth. It's the truth. Every guy listening is like, the more that's not I got okay. to know you, the more I like you. You know, I will say this. So I will make a extremely long story as short as I can. But I was really into her. So we had um, we had met when I was about that th- same time frame when I was like 13, um, 12 or 13. And we met at uh, our youth group summer camp where it's actually right down the road. We met at Wright State for like a week and we did this youth retreat. And it was the first year where I was in that grade. So I was like, this is this is the big leagues, Isaiah. This is your time to shine. <laughs> And my 12-year-old self just, I didn't know how to dress myself. I didn't know how to conduct myself. I told you I was really awkward as a kid. And so uh, we had met and we had talked one time on that trip and that was it. And I was like, there's something about that girl. (laughs) And uh, so we had gone back and we added each other on MySpace. Hey. Oh my God. Of course. (laughs) And uh, I don't, I don't know if I made your top eight or not. You probably made mine pretty quick. <laughs> and uh, I just, I really liked her. I was into her, and she wasn't into me. <laughs> I, I was friends on from the jump. But Michaela, she made me a proposal. Okay. In eighth grade, she was in ninth grade, and she already, hey, listen, already, I got I a mean, game. I thought, I thought, anyways, <laughs> I had a game. But she had said, hey, look, we have this homecoming at my school. And you should come with me. And so we had mutual friends. She's about to tell her story. I, I can just feel her right now looking at me. She had a friend, and that friend had a boyfriend that was friends with me. So she felt obligated as she says, listen. I did. Listen, I don't know. My, my like, 14-year-old self, or however old it was, right. felt obligated. So she, regardless if she felt obligated or not, she took me to the dance. Okay? And Michaela, that was everything for me. I went to a private school. And this was, when I say big league, so I thought that youth camp was big league. This was, hey, Isaiah, step I mean, your game you up. just went to a dance with a ninth grader. Like, you got that older grade. Like, you are already on top. That's everything. But secular music, they didn't that play that at school. I've never probably even heard of. <laughs> no, again, that was, that's where that heating comes back in. I probably did. But the opera comes back in, okay, as well. Mm-hmm. So I go with her, and just embarrassingly bad, I, uh, I wore – it was like a sweater vest and uh I had hair back then and I had this mop of a haircut and I remember it was really big in the back too I just didn't know how to conduct myself honestly at all appearance wise but also just listen in public I was I was a wreck and she caught on pretty quick that I was a wreck and so she ditched me Michaela at the dance at the dance I did she goes I did listen and I say I this bailed. too, she bailed. And listen, looking back, hindsight 2020, kind of understand. You know what I mean? I don't blame her. But we went on, and I was like, man, I had one shot. I ruined it. And I couldn't get over her, okay? And I'm like, man, this is the worst. I really wanted this girl. But we went on a missions trip. Such a cliche. Just, hey, listen, such church kids, you know? Can we just take a minute? And uh, we went on a missions trip to West Virginia that year. And we became, as Beck says, friends. Now, Michaela, I didn't think we were friends. I was like, oh, you're telling me there's a chance. Because we were talking. And in my mind, I'm like, this, this is it. Like, I'm, back, I'm back in the game. And so we get back and I tell her friend. I'm like, hey, do I have a shot with Beck? And she's like, no, she just got a boyfriend. I'm like, <laughs> no. So then, yeah, we went on. Um, we went on for a couple more painful years of me being friend zoned. But I will say this. It does, for guys out there, like I said, guys don't hear that. Guys are well, like, hey, the friend zone's the worst. But I will say that those couple years when we were, you know, 14 and 15, um, we really did build that foundation of understanding each other, learning each other, not mm-hmm. on a um, on a dating basis, but on a real basis. And I feel like that has benefited us a lot, even though it was painful as a 14 and 15-year-old to be friend zone by the girl of his dreams, you know? <laughs> no but i love it and beck you gotta give us your side you gotta give us your side. so yeah so i mean i like i remember meeting isaiah at church camp um but i guess i just didn't have that 
lasting impression like he did because <laughs> I you know I know we kind of like talked over my space and really like when we first met that's kind of was the basis of it and um like he said we had like mutual friends mm-hmm. for whatever reason I had the sense of obligation like oh I should probably invite him and I did and it was like really awkward the I hate awkward. like I hate it he was super awkward I was awkward and yeah I bailed and um I just wasn't having fun you know but yeah like he said we went um on that missions trip that next summer and so we really did become like legit friends we didn't really know each other very well when we went to the dance and it was awkward and but we did become friends, and so that was, like, you know, freshman year when all that took place, and yeah. it wasn't until halfway through my senior year when we started dating, so pretty much he was my friend all through high school, so it was a long time, and, you know, like, I had a boyfriend and other boys I liked, and finally, like, you know, just the more we became friends, the more I started to like him, so I think you know we attribute a lot yeah we were kids when we met and so Mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to grow up together um you know like if you're an adult you probably don't want to give somebody that much time to get to know them before you commit because you're ready for a relationship but um you know we attribute a lot of like our success to just because we did number one we knew each other for so long before we dated and we were friends like legit friends and also, I mean, we dated, you know, we started dating when I think we were both. I was 16, you were 17. I was 17, yeah. So we were, you know, we were pretty young when we started dating. So we did date for a while, too, before we even got engaged. So I think we had years together before we even really committed to, like, marriage. And so we yeah. just, we attribute a lot of our success to just really just knowing each other for a long time because we well we knew what we were getting <laughs> correct yeah we did so basically Isaiah the friend zone saved your life listen yeah. it wasn't bad to me it wasn't bad <laughs> to me I've encouraged a couple of guys there's a other side to the friend zone if you can be persistent and if you can build a relationship because it was I'm not kidding it, it did it was the worst in your high school years and I had talked to girls too but it was just I I just always wanted Beck so yeah in high school that's everything you know what I mean but looking yep. back I can see that those were monumental years for preparing us to be married honestly and like Beck said when the time came and we did get married there was nothing that we didn't know about each other and mm-hmm. even really little details about each other to where I know that this might get on Beck's nerves you know what I mean or there's things <laughs> that you just know about each other mm-hmm. that helps you in marriage and it's really applicable so yeah it was for sure um, it was a long time, but it was it it, it was good at, at the end. So. <laughs> I love it. Now I am gonna dive a little bit into your marriage. You guys will be yeah. celebrating four years yeah. next week. Is it next week? Yeah, next week. Your guy over here is on Amazon trying to get a present real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week. Well, congratulations Thank on you. almost four years of blissful marriage. I'm curious, how did the Lord prepare each of you individually for marriage? Um, a great question. I think for me, the most important thing was that we had, we didn't break up, but we did have a time of separation. So he went away like on an internship. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I needed that because, I ended up at a place in our relationship when we were dating where I was just honestly a little bit too attached to him um, emotionally and mm-hmm. it, it happens even it happens. even when you're married like it's just not healthy you know and um, so for me having that type of separation initially was really hard but then um, once we got into it I realized how much I needed it because kind of helped me gain I guess like some independence and just confidence in myself and um you know that even though we were still together we were still dating like I needed that to just grow in myself yeah I think I think for me so she had talked about I went on a construction internship and I gotta get this in here because she put me in the friend zone but 
I kind of put her through a situation too because she wanted to get married from the jump. So it switched pretty quickly, which is really weird looking back on it. But it went from me wanting to have her really bad and I couldn't get her from her wanting me really bad. And I wanted her, but I just didn't know what I wanted at the age of 18. You know what I mean? So well, I didn't want to marry her at 18. 19, no. You know, check your heart, babe. At 19, she's like, let's get married after the internship. And I just didn't know what I wanted. So um well, i'm a year older so it's 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay you know but um so yeah she was 20 i was 19 and i had this season to where i just really didn't know what i wanted and um it wasn't healthy but looking back i think it just really developed me into a man who could make decisions because i was i didn't know how to make decisions at that age and i remember talking to a good friend of mine he he worked in my department um where I was working, he was actually a semi-basketball or semi-pro basketball player in Lima. Really cool guy, Johnny. And I had a conversation with him after work. We went out to eat, and he's like, "Bro, what are you waiting on? She's you wanted her all through high school. You got her now, and now you don't know how to make a decision, you know?" So, um, <laughs> so yeah. I after that night, I drove home, and I was like, "Why haven't I pulled the trigger? You know, she's she's the girl of my dreams. She loves God. Um, we know each other on a deep level, and." it makes sense you know and, and it's something that I wanted to do at that moment because I was just so caught up in decisions not even just in the context of marriage but in career and you know at 19 who isn't you know what yeah, I mean yeah so or 20 I guess regardless um that's when I decided that I wanted to, to make it official yeah he waited so long that I promise you like before he proposed I didn't know he was going to propose and I was like starting to think in my brain like I'm gonna give him like so many months if he doesn't propose to me I'm breaking up with them because I'm listen. not waiting forever like it got to that point literally. and all the while I'm planning the 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 engagement of her dreams so <laughs> but he did not hit anything that he was even ready and I, I was like unlocked, I'm gonna break up with him because I'm not doing this forever yeah now, I'm a little <laughs> curious, you had a lot of people in your ears you know and she yeah. had her grandma, hey, you know, girls get to talking, and uh, so I knew. Did you I, say my grandma? I feel like was, I don't know. I just that was the first example that came to my mind. But regardless, um, yeah, there there was that time, and, and I made the decision, and it was watch this, the best decision of my life, you know. So now yeah. I am a little curious because there's another Instagram post of you oh, popping the question and it looks really beautiful because there's water in the background so yeah. what is this amazing engagement that you had planned that almost got you broken up with you know <laughs> it got me it almost got me in trouble Michaela but I she had always want, wanted to go to the state of Oregon uh okay. we loved to hike growing up and uh there's a lot of hiking there and mountains and that kind of thing so I wanted to surprise her in a big way and let's be transparent I just wanted to flex I was like, I was like, listen, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So I planned everything to the T. I actually have a video. If you wanted to watch it, it's on YouTube. It's like a two minute clip, but mm -hmm. I got a GoPro. I went all out, Michael. I got a GoPro that I brought. I have, I got a ring box with a camera in it. Listen, just watch the place. So, so we went and um, I actually surprised her um, on a night and I said, hey, look, um, her niece was just born and she was born like a week ago and i said let's go see your niece and then we were driving on i-75 and this is this is close to you here but we hit the troy exit and i was like hey put this blindfold on and she's like Wait, what's going on and she put the blindfold on now your guy didn't gauge how far the cincinnati airport was from troy <laughs> and so she had the blindfold on for an hour and something that's stuck in rush hour traffic and listen hindsight's 2020 i could she she knew that we were going straight on 75 so it didn't even make sense that i put a blindfold on you but regardless i just committed to it and i was like keep that blindfold on and so we got to cincinnati and uh i surprised her her mom packed all of her bags they were in the bed of my truck um hidden so she wouldn't see them earlier and i had the tickets ready and uh quick side note though i forgot i haven't thought about this in forever but I had the tickets. We went to the gate and I'm like, hey, we're going to Oregon. And they're like, those tickets are for tomorrow. <laughs> and we had to wait an extra day. Hey, listen, just not very prepared, but I was just flexing. So I was like, let's just boom, boom, boom. So regardless, we went to Oregon and I proposed and Oregon. Um, yeah, and it was, a, it was a good time. I it love was, it. Yeah.
Well, again, congratulations on almost four years, uh, June 24th coming up. So definitely a huge milestone in marriage. So I'm super excited for what the Lord has in store for the next four years for you guys and for a lifetime. Yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure. Now, do you have any advice for any newlyweds, you know, from the last four years, some lessons that you may have learned that you may want to help someone else who may just be embarking on that trip to Oregon? Um, I'd say be patient because there's a lot of learning, even though we like, you know, we grew up together, we knew each other for a long time, we dated for a while, like, there's a lot that is new and um, just trying to figure out. And even like, for example, like with finances, like we both had the same mindset. Like we didn't want to, you know, get any unnecessary debt. Like, you know, we had, we both wanted to save, like we had the same mentality, but at the same time we treated money very differently. Like yeah. he was definitely a little bit more of a free spender. I was listen, definitely- Listen, Oregon. Hey, listen, perfect example, Oregon. <laughs> I was no. like a- I was like a tightwad yeah. and so even though we had the same goals it still took us time to learn how to like do finances together and so like just things like that you'll I think there's always going to be a little tension because you've got two individuals with two different thought processes even if you have the same goal and same intent coming together trying to achieve it and so just I'd say like be patient and have grace mm-hmm. on each other yeah. and find ways to work through things together and like you know find a way that you can work on things whatever it is that um you kind of like do it together and not just hey you know adjust and do how i want to do it amen yeah yeah for sure i think that's a, a great answer back i think that we had talked about obviously knowing each other for a long period of time but i just think learn each other as much as you can in as short a time as possible you know what i mean if you have an engagement it's a nine-month engagement. I would just encourage anybody to really um, kind of lean in and understand that person as much as they can before they get in, because yeah. once you get in, it's a different animal. And um, so, yeah, I would just encourage people to just understand your spouse or future spouse on a significant level before you get to that place. And also for the guys too, I would just say, you know, when an argument comes up, just say you're sorry, you know, sometimes it's just <laughs> take the L, you know? Take the L. Take the L. It's, it's going to help you out, bro. It's, I get it. You know, you're probably not getting away, but it's going to save you a lot of headache. And, uh, and yeah, that's for sure uh, a good hack right there. That's an applicable piece of advice yeah. right there. Just take the L. Take the L sometimes. Yes. Hashtag take the L. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work. I would say. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say to add to what he said that um, something too on long lines of like arguing is pretty much anybody can probably agree that you start arguing about something and that's never what you end up arguing about. And like something that stuck with me is um, something we we recently talked about um, at one of our staff meetings at church is that when emotions run high, wisdom runs low. And Mm. so I say that too, like, that's that works and I think pretty much every angle of life where there's emotion and necessary but um when you're in an argument like most of the time that's not even what you end up arguing over so and the opposite is true too I mean when emotions are low wisdom is high so yeah yeah. so I think it's good to get to a place where even if you need to take a breather to let your emotions settle down and you can gain some wisdom again and then do it (laughs) She's dropping the mic, guys. She's dropping the mic. Spitting facts right here. Yes. The mic right here. If you want to drop it, I'll make it happen. Yes. Dropping (laughs) the mic. Now, you kind of set up the perfect segue, Isaiah, to our next kind of just topics within this interview. Um, We told the guys to take the L, which is a great hack. (laughs) It's a hack. I like how you did that there. And for a while, Isaiah, it's so crazy. You were the host and the podcast producer of the Dream On podcast, which was yeah. a show under Dream On, this organization that empowers people to pursue their dreams. But now you and Becca have your own podcast, Hack Your Lack. <laughs> what, what is Hack Your Lack? Where did you come up with this idea? Like, what are we hacking? What are we lacking? Help us out. Yeah. 
I love it. So we, uh, not to, you know, just I plug my, my old pastor, but I'll plug, we actually, I just uploaded an episode today where we talked for an hour exclusively about actor lack and what it's about and, and kind of our process in it. So, um, yeah, so like you said, I had done that podcast. And for me, podcasting was something that I had an interest in right away. Um, okay. I talked about how I turned old right away when I got married because as soon as we got married, I just listened to talk radio for a hobby. <laughs> that was just like my thing. And um, so I developed this passion, honestly, for podcasting. And Beck and I, in the summer of 2016, the year we got married, we had kind of talked about it in passing a couple of times. Hey, what if we started a podcast? What would that look like? Didn't really go anywhere from there. And um, we had started working at that same time with the nonprofit Dream On. And so they had came up to me in the wintertime. I had done one episode with them as a guest and they reached out to me in that winter. So six months or so later, I said, hey, Isaiah, would you like to take this over? And for me, it was just an incredible opportunity that I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, yeah, put down. So mm-hmm. I took over and uh, did a lot of, did a lot of podcasting over there. I think we finished out with around, upwards of 90 or 80 episodes um and every single one besides one had a guest on it and so i just really honed in on this thing called podcasting and really took a um just i just developed a really big passion so continued doing that and um fast forward we moved to dayton last year and i have a lot of things on my plate so unfortunately we actually served as executive directors at that nonprofit along with the podcast and so we stepped down um still fully support them i said i just literally i got a lot on my plate so we had we had kind of revisited that conversation we had in 2016 and we said hey what would it look like if we started a podcast and to answer your question about the name that was something that literally came to me came to me one day when i was working out it was literally just in passing um i remember i was i was working out and the thought just came to me hack your lack and my first thought, Michaela, was just that would be a really good episode title mm-hmm. for the podcast I was doing. And that was pretty much it. I wrote it in a journal um, that I had wrote on my podcast information and it just kind of left it. But it always sat with me. So I would continue um, doing my thing. And I would revisit that. And I just thought that's a really cool, that's a really cool name for an episode title. And then, you know, when we got to date and I'm just like, what if we called the podcast actor lock because I wanted to talk about weaknesses because that's something that Beck and I are both passionate about something that we've are, are very familiar with in the past and we wanted to kind of um, teach biblical advice on how to properly deal with weaknesses mm-hmm. by replacing your weakness with God's strength so Ooh. we're like man everybody has a lack and we believe that through God there is a hack for every single one of them so that's where that's where hack your lack was born wow yeah. Wow, I love that. Going, Didn't know that one. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it started. And we've, I mean, so we, it's fairly new. So I had podcasts since last summer. So I took a break from it and then we jumped back into it, I think in April of this year. And so we're about 10 episodes deep. Today was our 10th episode and we are having a blast with it. I love it. What yeah. have you guys kind of learned about each other through this whole podcasting experience? Yeah, back take it. Hmm. Well, I I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't know if I've learned anything new. Not to like not answer your question. I'll say just nothing. That's because your I feel like okay. <laughs> just a boring no, answer. because I feel like had this been the first thing we'd ever like done together yeah. there's been a lot to learn and in a sense I guess there always will be but like we when we first got married we bought a fixer upper and so I feel like that's what taught us how to work together to be honest with you and so I feel like you know if we never would have done like tackled any big projects or anything together I feel like there'd be a lot more to learn right now yeah um but that honestly really taught us how to work together yeah we had said some advice for people that are getting ready to get married but i'd say if you are married and you wanted some advice not that we're experts by any means you know four years but uh (laughs) but i will say flip a house and flip a house that's a disaster because it will teach you patience it'll teach you team building 
and there's so many things that talk about how when we first got married, she would be doing a project in the kitchen, and the man in me would be like, bet, this is my chance to come in and kill it. And she'd be like, what are you doing? I'm perfectly capable. And so we had this friction of where she was always trying to do something independently, and I always wanted low-key to be known as the man who could do everything. The hero. You know? yeah, yeah, the hero. So we, we went through that patch where it wasn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say difficult in their marriage, but I would say just difficult like, by nature. Yeah, in the beginning. And I think that's a lesson we've carried with this, though, like even yeah. with podcasting, with everything we do, is I am a little bit independent by nature, and I if I have an idea, I kind of like to just do it myself. And yeah. it's not that I don't enjoy help, but I, I'm i just a little independent. I enjoy doing things. And, like, I like, in regards to our house, I like being crafty. I know how to use a power tool, like, leave me alone. And tell him, listen, <laughs> she needs me, though. But, you know, at the same time, so I have a you. husband that wants to feel needed. So, yeah. um, and so... I think that's a lesson that has carried and that's even goes with the podcasting, you know, too. So well, I think too, but there's little things. So it's not this one big thing we take away from what we've learned about each other in the podcasting um, section of what we've been working on, but there are little things. So we can look back on our first episode. Um, one of the first two episodes, there was a, a time where we were just talking like this with somebody and our go-to Michaela was like, Hey, if I tapped you on the leg, that means that it's my turn to talk. And she tapped me, and then I tapped her back. I was like, "No, fam, this is my <laughs> this is my turn." And and so there are those little things to where um, we we weren't. Uh, it wasn't an argument by any means, but there would be like, "Hey, you know, maybe if I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to be careful because it wasn't ever an argument, but it was like, "Hey, this is maybe the structure of how we should do it." And so mm -hmm. we have learned in little ways, and also if somebody taps, you know, the other person, that means they're trying to talk and just let them talk. So, I mean, there's always those small things, even if you're painting the, you know, the, the garage together, I think you always have those little things that you take away from it and honestly really build your marriage. So I think anything you can do together, I yeah. talked about this in another one, not to keep recycling and talking about the podcast, but we had talked about how, man, even hobbies, if you can look at hobbies that you have um, and kind of even put them on paper, these are my hobbies, these are your hobbies, what can we yes. do together? And as you do those together, it really builds. So for us, it's hiking. We have things that we do that we really enjoy, like hiking or anything related to coffee. So we have these things that we can do together and grow together, even in our hobbies. Yes, I love it. And we're going to get on hiking and we're going to get on coffee. Yeah, <laughs> but nice. first, let's talk a little bit about coffee. Now, being about your father's business, you guys mentioned in the beginning, it's literally daily carrying out your father's business. Um, and you guys have Hack Your Life, Hack Your Life, which is used to strengthen people in the areas of weaknesses when it comes to our relationship with Christ. And so I'm curious about the business that God has blessed you guys with, whether it be Kinds Coffee, which I see that you're already representing, you know, a little product placement here. Yeah, hey, listen, I think I'll post up too, Michaela, and do this guy right here. Yes, a little product placement there. Um, or also being, you know, the young adult pastors at the Life Church. Tell me a little bit about how you guys are carrying out your father's business in building a business like Kinds Coffee and also in serving the young adult ministry at church. So yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I have a good Ladies answer first. to this. So yeah. I'd say we, you know, Isaiah had the dream to start the coffee um last year. And we decided to start it in January so we wouldn't, you know, deal with taxes or anything for last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we decided in January to kind of start it off. And um, it was in February, around end of January, beginning of February, around there. Um, so to make a long story short, like, you know, we used to live a little over an hour north of Dayton. Um, we both we moved here out of faith, just kind of feeling like God led us to Dayton. Neither of us had jobs here, so we were still commuting and and everything. And I ended up transferring to a different location for my work, but it was still like a good 40-minute drive for me. Okay. And I just wasn't enjoying the commute. I know some people do that every day, and they're cool with it. I didn't like it. I was used to being five minutes mm -hmm. for my work, so I didn't like it. And anyways, I felt like I – like God just spoke to me and told me to just quit my job. And I didn't know what that looked like at the time. Did that 
you know, was he just leading me in faith? Because at the time I'd been applying for jobs that were closer and trying to set up interviews with my schedule there and like being so far away, it was honestly just impossible. It was really hard. And so I, I didn't know like, okay, if I quit, is that just God leading me in faith because he's going to help me get another job and now it's time to actually pursue one and whatever. So uh, we, you know, we talked about it and I quit and I gave him a month notice and about two weeks after I quit is when we got asked to be the young adult pastors at our church. And so it kind of seemed like, you know, we took a step of obedience and moving, took a step of obedience to me quitting. And one thing we had talked about when I quit was how like everything kind of works together because he ended up getting a job where he's making almost basically about as much as we were making together. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, before we moved. And so like, God provided financially through his job. And we were just talking about how, like, when you look at marriage more from, like, a biblical perspective, how, like, what one does really can serve the other. And so, like, mm-hmm. by him, his job is really providing for our household financially. But also by me not working, I can also help him pursue his dream and help more of the coffee and do That's more cool, with man. the podcast. That's and so cool. really everything comes, like, full circle mm-hmm. I only remember your initial question <laughs> but like uh, I really am like trying to think what did she ask I don't remember what you asked but no like, you're I, answering it don't worry you're answering like, it yes like it all like you know like when you just listen to God and you're obedient and you you know because it could be easy to look at it as like oh Isaiah has a career and I don't do anything like I don't have a career but it's like it's more than just his career my career it's yeah. like it's togetherness and you know what by him having a job me not in this season of our lives it's serving each other yeah yes. yeah i uh i'm just blown away by this year it's so cool we can all look back on times where we really just saw god doing things in our lives specifically in ways that just seemed impossible and um, for lack of time i won't go into the long story about how i even got this position but as beck stated i was working construction out of lima and I was going to Columbus and, you know, um, Toledo and Cincinnati and all over for that, but was commuting from Dayton back to Lima for the first three months we were here. And just the way that God even provided my job, it was insane, Michaela. I mean, like it literally just couldn't have happened any other way besides God. And so he provided in that way. Um, and then just to plan us here, I think that a lot of times, not to make this, um, cause I am trying to answer your question because you know, Beck forgot it too, but I think so many times that, we don't move because we're afraid but if we take that step of faith god's always right there waiting for us and i'm telling you i'm telling you we saw that all over our lives in the past eight months where we had taken the step of faith not knowing what it even looked like and to be honest kind of bummed that it was dating that we were moving to <laughs> i didn't mind <laughs> we lit, so it was between then this is completely honest here it was between africa we were going to move to um for about six months um texas was on the list and then california and California was the, the bigger one, um, the, the, the um, more serious candidate, and then Dayton. You know what I mean? A little disheartened. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that God is always so faithful when he sees that you are listening to him and taking that step even when you're unsure. And I'm telling you, time and time again, we've seen God's hand all over this. So while Dayton would not be the place that I would want to be 10 months ago, I'm just so grateful we are here now. And, um, and in this season to where we are, like you said, we're young adult pastors. I mean, that position made itself available and with kinds, um, all these things set up. And we have a lot on, on our plate, but that's what's so cool too that Becca talked about is we get to work together and, um, and really grow together in this season. So we're grateful for every single opportunity we have right now. I love it. What's been you guys' greatest challenge trying to balance everything? Wow, that's great. So for me, logistically, it's just, Time is the biggest thing. So we had talked before we jumped on here. Um, Right now, I am still actually commuting an hour um, to work for the time being. So um, I'm waking up at about four in the morning, getting to work, getting home in the afternoons, um, and just trying to balance all of these responsibilities. So I think just time management, because it's natural for everybody to want to do their own thing. But in this season, I'm learning that there's a lot of times you can't really do your own thing. And that's okay, because there's always time to do that later. And, uh, and if you honor the Sabbath, your day's coming, you just got to wait for it. And 
I just think that when you have opportunities in life, you just can't let them waste themselves, you know? And I think that you got to be a good steward. So God's put this in our hands and we have to be a good steward of that. And that means time management. So that's been the biggest challenge for me, but it's been rewarding to see how much we've grown in that area in the past eight months. I'll say for me, it's also time management, you know, for him because he's so busy for me because at times I'm not so busy and that, especially in the first few months of being home, like, just not feeling like I had structure through my day, like not having somewhere to wake up and be was a challenge. And um, especially my mentality, I was so used to just waking up. And if I didn't have to be anywhere, like, oh, that was a day off work. And it's like, I can be home and relax. And yeah. I feel like I was constantly in this state of like fighting to like get out of this relaxed state of mind. And um, so for me, it's also been like time management, just trying to navigate how to structure my day or like you know that I still find the days get away from me so quick so trying to figure out okay what am I going to you know how much time am I going to spend on doing things around the house how much time am I going to spend on coffee how much time am I going to spend on podcasts how much time am I going to spend time on like things I want to pursue like writing and and all that kind of stuff so it's been trying to figure out like how do I incorporate all this into my day? Because I can get really lost in just doing one thing and the next thing. And now I'm like, you know, well, I guess I should probably like cook some dinner or something. <laughs> I don't know. So it's just been trying to figure out how to really organize and utilize my time. Now, it seems that the Lord has had some amazing things in store for you guys these last eight months. What do you believe God's plan is for your lives in the next eight months? Where do you see... Heinz Coffee, where do you see Hack Your Like? Where do you see Isaiah and Beck in the next eight months? I love that. You got great questions. You are <laughs> you're great at questions. You are. You really are. But um I mean, I think we can all dream and have ambitions. Um so I have things that I'm looking forward to and wanting to pursue and goals I have for the podcast. I think this last eight months that's taught both Beck and I that it probably won't look, it might not look like the way that we're, we're doing it. And I think that it's going to have goals. So to talk about my goals um, loosely, because I know that I'll probably say these and then, you know, some of them won't come to fruition, but we would love to, to just be transparent on this podcast. We would love to monetize Hack Your Lack. So yes. um, we're, we're kind of building um, that structure, what that looks like and kind of, um, yeah. So, so it's been rewarding to see how much it's grown in the small amount of time that we've had it. But looking forward is just like, man, it'd be really cool if we could we could get some sponsors and, and get some ads up on the show. So um, that's something for Kinds. Um, looking to do maybe a couple pop-up shops here in Dayton and kind of make it a little more readily available for the people in Dayton. Um, we've been working um, tactically to kind of hone in on Dayton specifically um, in that market. So I would love to continue to do that if, I mean, if we're here in eight months, which I would like to be, I think we're learning a lot. So I, I foresee that happening. So to answer your question for kinds, I would just love to really um, work on the Dayton market and kind of create. One thing I say about coffee, people ask us all the time, why did you create a coffee company? And Beck and I are very passionate about coffee, but one thing we're more passionate about is people and people love coffee and coffee mm -hmm. creates community. And that's something that Beck and I feel like we are um, called to do. So um, that's something that we want to create in this community is that with kinds. Um, I love that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what I think I want the next eight months to look like, Lord willing. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm like a daydreamer, but and I am a planner, but it's hard for me to like, get, feel like to like set goals and you know like keep my mind to it and say I want to have this done you know by this time but um you know I have been trying to write a book so I would love to have it finished in the next eight months yeah. um but to be honest I'm just I feel like I've been in like a season lately where I'm just kind of really been like going with the flow and along for the ride I yeah. really have been, which yeah. really isn't me to be honest it's not that's the funniest but, part is like when you look back on your life that's you're always planning and I feel like you have really accepted um the fact that you're just along for the ride and I think that I think that it's just a it's a better place to be um mm -hmm. like I said for me too I'm just I get ambitious I think the Lord uses ambition you know and he uses our goals 
for his glory. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that the last eight months has just told us that as long as you just let the Lord lead, um, he'll do his thing. And I also think for goals specifically, the Bible talks about how goodness and mercy follow you. And that's referring to it following you. It's not going to just, you know, it's not going to lead you. You know, it, it, it comes behind you. So I think that you have to be intentional with goal setting um, if you have these things. Because if we're being transparent, we wouldn't have anything in our hands right now if we didn't take the steps. So I just think that there's something to be said for um, goal setting, but just understanding that God could have a separate plan, you know? Yeah. And you also kind of mentioned it earlier with being obedient, like obedience has gotten you this far. And so, you know, whether you have a plan or you're just going with the flow, obedience is going to take you throughout these next eight months. Yeah, so true. That's so good, Michaela. That's so good. All right. Well, guys, we are reaching the end of our hour. And so I always end every interview with the same question. Uh, iron wifey, our motto is derived from Proverbs 27, 17, which states that as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. So our motto is, as iron sharpens iron, one woman or man sharpens another, but mostly women. So I just want to start off with an answer from both of you. How are you sharpening the women in your life? And then I'd love to know from Isaiah, how are you sharpening the men in your life as well? Thank you, baby. That's yeah. Um, Michaela, I'm telling you, these <laughs> questions hit different. You're feeling it. You're doing no, such a good job. I say just being in prayer with people, especially, you know, um, guys do this too, but especially as women, we like to chit chat and it's, you know, easy to just like get talking about like what's going on and our stresses and our burdens and just making sure that in all conversations we're glorifying God. But like, especially if, if someone's coming to me with um, a problem that I am, I'm not feeding the problem by like, you know, it's good to listen and be understanding, but to some extent, you know, we, we can be more hurtful, I think, than helpful when we're just like, you know, kind of yeah. egging on their emotion. And so just making sure, um, praying with people and um, trying to give, you know, like biblical advice when warranted. Great. And making sure I have women in my life that will do the same. Yes. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I've just been so encouraged to see how this opportunity with the church has presented itself. And I think that's something for me um, that's so important is pouring into younger men um, because I had gone through those periods in my life where I was just confused and I just didn't know my identity. And one thing I talked about actually with the guys at my church last week was the idea of knowing your identity, your true identity, not trying to be another guy that you think is cool or that looks more successful than you but understanding your true identity and who God made you to be. And then also learning your passions. And then when you create those two and glorify God with those two things, um, then you'll, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see what will happen. So I think it's been cool to see how at church um, we've seen so much growth in individuals that have taken steps. Um, I mean, something happened last Monday, I'll leave unmentioned, but just, it's cool to see, and you're probably familiar with what I'm talking about. It's cool to see how um, as these guys at church have been, um, sharpening iron with each other, mm -hmm. just how much growth has happened. So I think I'm encouraged to know that there is strength when guys even encourage each other. That's not something that, you know, for me, it's like I get around my friends and I just we like make fun of each other. And it's, uh, it's hard as guys to kind of encourage um, one another. But I just think I, I, I talk a lot about this, but I'm just big on encouragement. And I think that it really enables people to live in the full potential that God's called them to. So I think that would be my answer. Amen. Yeah. Isaiah and Beck, where can people find you guys? IG, you know, yeah. you the IG <laughs> handle. I think I'm uh, just my name, Isaiah Roebuck, I-S-A-I-A-H, Roebuck. -E I think mine's Becca Roebuck, B-E-K-A Roebuck. Yeah. I think. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's our IG. I don't have Facebook or Twitter or anything, just on Instagram. Um, coffee, you know, kindscoffeecompany.com. And then the podcast, you know, Hack Your Life. You can find it on, um, I think, any podcast platform. So that's, that's where you can find us. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. Thank you for sharing more about Hack Your Light, Kinds Coffee, and your amazing and super cute love story. I mean, for all those who have been friend zoned, there is faith. Like, oh, there's <laughs> hope. Like, you can get through it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isaiah is living proof. Like he, he, he proof. on the end zone. So you got this. Um, but guys, just thank you so much for your time. It has been such a blessing and truly an honor to just sit here and chat with you guys. And you all make sure that you go online, Instagram right now, follow them, Isaiah Roebuck, Becca Roebuck, and follow, make sure you're supporting Kinds Coffee. If you're a coffee connoisseur and you believe in the community that they are establishing, it is definitely one that you want to check out. Isaiah and Beck, thank you. Thank, Thank you, Michaela. You Listen, so you're such a good host. We're we really so grateful. Are. <laughs> We're so grateful. That I feel you like we've been learning a thing or two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's, let's have a workshop. We need to learn. <laughs> you know, we talked about chemistry. Please help us. <laughs> well, guys, thank you.